the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The serpent held out to the couple the prospect that being like God would bring with it unlimited privileges, unheard of acquisitions and gifts. Alas, rather than experiencing bliss, they encounter misery. They found nothing and lost everything. Profound words as we think about Adam and Eve at the beginning of time and how their actions still affect us today. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. More details about the church are always on the web, and of course things are changing even daily. Check them out at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Pastor Leighton continues his Family Matters series and starts us off in the third chapter of the book of Genesis, verse 12. But the man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. The very first example in human history of passing the buck, of blaming someone else. What he was saying is, is hey, I'm just a victim here. You know, this wouldn't happen except for the woman, you know. I mean, it's, it's really her fault. But well, actually, you gave me the woman, so it's really your fault, God. I, I, yeah, I'm just a victim here. And, you know, people do that today. They do the same, same thing. You know, you, know, you, you can't hold me responsible for what I've done. Yet it, I, I was made this way. It's not my fault. I'm just a victim here. Humans haven't changed. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you've done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between her, your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Now the latter part of this is what the theologians call the Proto-Evangelium, which literally means the first gospel because it is the first promise of God providing a Savior who was going to suffer and then ultimately triumph over the evil one. And it's introduced here so that we'll understand what the rest of the book, the rest of the Bible is about. Because the rest of the Bible is about God unfolding His plan for our salvation, sending Jesus Christ. And, so, and the introduction is made right here so we know what to look for. And it tells us there's going to be a war. It's going to be enmity. And there's two sides, and they're represented by the seed of the snake and the seed of the woman. And though he was wounded in the struggle, the woman's seed was going to be ultimately victorious. And we know that that seed is a reference to Jesus Christ. So right here, God declared war on Satan. And he promised to send a savior. Verse 16. To the woman he said, I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing. With pain you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. What this verse is telling us is that sin has consequences. Sin always, always has consequences. 
Now, that's clear. It's clear from Scripture, and I think it's clear from our life experience if, if we've had any. But what is less clear is whether or not God here is describing or prescribing these consequences. In other words, were the consequences engineered by God, or was he simply informing the woman that this is what was going to happen? Now, there's an interesting phrase here, your desire will be for your husband. The structure is only found three places in the scripture. One of those places is in the next chapter, Genesis 4, 7, where God describes sin as crouching at the door, desiring to have Cain. So it describes something or someone that's seeking to have power over. So the scriptures here, God describes the consequence of sin upon a wife is the desire to have power over her husband. The consequence of sin upon a husband is the inclination to rule over or dominate his wife and family. These are the consequences of sin. Now, regardless of whether these consequences are God's curse or simply a statement of fact, Galatians 3.13 says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. That we're in Christ, this doesn't apply to us. And we should never, ever think that we're going to use this as an excuse for our behavior. Abuse, manipulation should never take place. Verse 17. To Adam he said, because you've listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food. Until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. The consequences of sin are all around us, and all of us suffer as the result, but the ultimate judgment is death. And mankind, that's mankind's ultimate enemy, they think. And so mankind is looking through science and technology to figure out if there's a way that we can overcome death. But Christ has already overcome death. He died, and just as he promised he would, he rose again. And the promise is that if we follow him, even though we might die, we're not going to stay dead. Death won't be able to keep us any more than it was able to keep him. And we can have victory over death in Christ Jesus. Amen? Verse 20, Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all living. This is the second uh, name that is given to her. The first one points to her origin, that she was taken out of man, and the second one to her destiny, that she is going to be the mother of all the living. Verse 21, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Now, this is here, but we're reminded that they're already clothed, that they've taken fig leaves and they've sewn fig leaves together to cover their nakedness. And what this tells us is that their efforts to cover their shame and their sin are inadequate. That God and God alone can cover sin and shame. And when he covered them with a skin, that skin came from an animal, and no animal can live without its skin. That animal had to die. That animal had to shed its blood. And the scriptures tell us without the shedding of blood, there is no covering, there's no remission for sin. Any attempts that we have of covering our own sin and our own shame are inadequate. But God has provided a covering for our sin and our shame in Christ Jesus. Verse 22. 
And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one, uh, one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. And after he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Now, some people might think that God was doing mankind a disfavor by guarding the way to the tree of life. But actually, God was saving mankind. Now, think about it for a moment. Over the years, each of us who have lived have accumulated sins. And we have accumulated an appetite for sin, which is actually, in many cases, in in some cases, the appetite has taken over. Now, can you imagine collecting sin and an appetite for sin for eternity? You would get so sick and tired of yourself. You get so sick and tired of existing, you'd be begging not to exist. We would grow sick of ourselves. Warren Wiersbe wrote, if they had eaten of the tree, they would have lived forever in their sinful state. This would mean that the Savior could not come to die and deliver humans from sin. Thus, in driving Adam and Eve out of paradise, God was showing his grace and mercy to the whole human race. See, God in his great mercy towards us has given us the opportunity for a new start. If we receive God's gift of salvation found in Christ Jesus, he'll make us new creatures. Not only will our sin be forgiven and removed, but even our appetite to sin will be removed. We're going to be given new bodies. And the book of Revelation tells us that someday, by the grace of God, we will again be able to partake, to eat of the tree of life. In conclusion, Victor Hamilton wrote, The serpent held out to the couple the prospect that being like God would bring with it unlimited privileges, unheard of acquisitions and gifts. Alas, rather than experiencing bliss, they encounter misery. Rather than sitting on a throne, they are expelled from the garden. Rather than new prerogatives, they experience only a reversal. The couple not only fail to gain something they do not presently have, the irony is they lose what they currently possess, fellowship with God. They found nothing and lost everything. We've got to constantly be alert to the devil, Satan, who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He has a bag of tricks. And one of them is the oldest trick in the book. And the remarkable thing is, it still works. As long as the mind holds to God's truth, Satan cannot win. But once our minds begin to doubt God's word, that gives the opportunity for the devil to move in. Satan questioned God's word in verse 1, denied God's word in verse 4, and then substituted a lie in verse 5. And his goal was to undermine our faith in the goodness of God to make us think that God was holding out. And when we question God's goodness and his love, then we are playing right into the hands of Satan. Satan makes the offer sound appealing. You will be like God. We can overcome the tempter by having faith 
putting on the armor of God, using the word of God, praying, trusting God for a way of escape, and depending upon the guidance, power, protection, and infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's the oldest trick in the book, but it still works. Marriage was made by God. Anything made by God is good. Marriage is good. Another one of those phrases to write down and put on your refrigerator and look at every single day. Anything made by God is good, and marriage was made by God, so it's good. This is Study Verse by Verse, a daily visit from Pastor Leighton Sheely. He is the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno and Highlands Christian Schools. You can find out more about the church and the school when you go to highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Please remember, we're a nonprofit outreach. We depend upon your help to continue ministering here in the Bay Area. And you can give safely when you go to the website at highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Have a blessed rest of your day and come back tomorrow at this same time when we'll continue this series called Family Matters and study verse by verse.